For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He will be back in the saddle tomorrow. Thank you so much for putting up with us as usual. Uh, CNN, by the way, boy, talk about timing, huh? CNN magically got its hands on the audio of Trump talking about classified documents, the, the key evidence in the federal criminal case against him. Now... We don't know where this came from, correct? No, we don't. <laughs> how do you do that? Do you mail it to them I, I, by courier? See, how, I, how does that get delivered to CNN? And I, how do they know what it is? I think that they have sources that are coming out and putting this out there. I just think it's very interesting to me that as the White House is spinning, trying to uh, 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 get away from the Hunter Biden scandal, and Joe's connection to his crackhead son's business deals overseas, which he has denied having any involvement in. Mm -hmm. As soon as this thing starts to snowball, the White House is on, is on its heels. And all of a sudden, we have a really, really handy conversation changer, don't we? Yeah, that, it, it, yes. So we, we, we could play the audio. I, you know, I, at least at the first run of this, I don't want to play any edited version of it because... I, I do think it's important for, for people to know uh, what it is that is being put out there, what millions of Americans are hearing. And if you haven't heard it in full, I think it is important. The clip is about two minutes. Now, what, is, what are they discussing? So the setup is this. He's talking to a writer about Joint Chiefs Chairman Mark Milley, who said he was prepared to overrule Trump if he wanted to launch a military strike. Remember, Milley said that after the election uh, that well, yeah, guardrails were in place. Uh, were in place, and I mean, remember, this is basic. This is your coup. This is the insurrection right. that actually happened. You have unelected military personnel saying we were willing to take the keys away from a duly elected president of the United States. But uh, Trump, in this clip, is explaining how it was actually Milley who wanted to uh, uh, launch a strike against Iran. And so that is the context that leads up to this part that is supposed to be really damning with the whole classified documents, indictment, right. and prosecution. These are bad, sick people. That, but, was, that was your coup, you know, against you. That's well, it started they, right at the Like beginning. when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a coup. No, they, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying right. to overthrow your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. 
they presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at him. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. Mm. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm -hmm. Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. <laughs> look, look at this. You attack. And Hillary would print that out all the time, you know. <laughs> send it, email. No, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner. Yeah. <laughs> the pervert. Um, by the way, isn't that incredible? Yeah. I was just saying, because we were talking about it. <laughs> And you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what? He's in the papers. This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Right? We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to figure out. A, a, yeah. See, as president, I could have declassified. Yeah. Now I can't. You know, but this is. Yeah, now, now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so. I'm look. We here and I have. A, and you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. No, it's, I believe It's you. incredible, right? No, they, hey, bring they some, uh, bring some cokes in, please. <laughs> bring some cokes in, please. I, I laughed out loud when I heard that, actually. So Trump last week said to Brett Baer that they, he was showing off newspaper clippings, printed out news stories, which Trump does. Oh, yeah. That's a, well, he had uh, a bunch look, of them in those boxes. Right. Yeah. Basically, th hey, this these were the plans as reported by Breitbart, Red State, whatever news article that he was uh, he had printed out. Um, that's his defense, that it wasn't actually the classified material that was being showed. He does intimate here, though, in this or suggest in this audio that actually uh, it was. Th these are the papers. These are the documents. And, again, I don't know. And without knowing what papers actually were being shown, it's kind of hard to, to make a judgment call. Now, again, I've made the case before, if the federal government wants to nail him to a wall, they're going to do it. And this certainly does not help his case. You know, again, well, they, there'd they, be no reason to talk about declassification of newspaper articles. Right. Unless and clearly saying, he says, I could have declassified these, but I can't now. Unless, unless it's a news article about Sources are talking that, about a exactly. classified yeah. thing. So I, mean, I right. So I, I don't know what what it is that he was showing. Uh, it, it certainly doesn't help his case. It doesn't help his defense. But, uh, you know, again, who knows? I who just, are these people? Who are what people? That he's talking that he's with. Ta uh, it's a writer and a publisher. They're working on, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mark Meadows, former chief of staff. Yeah. Mark Meadows. They were working on a biography of him. And, oh. and so he was going to be doing interviews, so he's on the record, but then he slips in. A, this is off the record, by the way. You know, hey, here are these documents that, that I'm going to show you, all that stuff. So, uh, okay. I, again, weird. I, I think for, for people who are, you know, freaking out, saying we got him, I don't, again, I don't know. I've heard know. this a million times, yeah. We're going to have to wait to see what happens in a court of law and what those documents actually were. You know, that, that's the thing that, that, uh, that keeps getting me. It's like, does he really have a stack of papers that detail a strike on Iran right in front of him? Because also if he does, yeah, that's yes. bad. Yeah. I'm also assuming he knew this was being taped. Yeah, it was on the right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. She's right there to interview him yeah. about someone else. So why would you possibly incriminate yourself like that on tape? Right. 
if that's in fact what you were doing. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, it I, sounds like a little showboating going on there too. Oh, totally. Like, look what I got, you know, look at this. But that's one of the reasons why it doesn't make sense that it's actually detailed classified information right. to me. Cause yeah. why would you do that? I mean, I know Trump likes to show off, but I just, I don't see that. I, again, huh. it, he's saying that it's newspaper clippings and whatnot. And that's what he's referring to when he said here, here, this wins my case. This is, uh, this is what exonerates me. Yada, yada, yada. Well, I'm um, assuming those two women would know whether it was a newspaper article or not. Yeah. Anybody ask them? Huh? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I've heard some people saying that Trump himself was the one who leaked it, which he has leaked stuff about himself before. Yeah. I just don't get this, though, from a – so it, let me back up. If I found out that he was the one who sent it to CNN or someone in his team, on his team, did it, I wouldn't be all that floored or surprised – but to me, strategically thinking, it doesn't make a lot of sense because this totally changes the conversation away from Hunter Biden. And so I don't know what the play really is here if Trump is the one who is leaking it himself. And why do these people sit on this for so long? That, well, I get, Well, I mean, they were obviously friendly with Donald Trump. They probably yeah. were never going to put that out there until they got a subpoena from the federal government, in which case yeah. probably should comply with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Trump wouldn't be in this mess if he had uh, complied with subpoena requests and things like that. So anyway, more on that a little bit later. That's just what is uh, that was the big breaking news uh, last night. Uh, Meanwhile, only around 34 percent of Americans approve of the way that Joe Biden is handling the economy. But the White House team is rolling out new branding, calling it Bidenomics. Like somehow the branding is why people are mad about their dollars not going as far as they used to. Hey, you know, if we call this uh, this, you know, piece of poo on two pieces of white bread, a Chick-fil-A sandwich, then maybe more people would buy it. Yeah, but I, I've eaten it. and It's not. Yeah, it's not very good. Yeah, Not, not even close. And let no. the record show that Scott Robbins just admitted to eating poop on the radio. Well, they told me it was a chicken sandwich. Though, so. <laughs> uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says, hey, we're just trying to tell people how great of a president Joe right. Biden really has been. Right. Building an economy, transforming the way we see the economy in a different way. In a way, again, that is equal, that does has equity at the center of it, and leaves no one behind. And the president is very proud, very proud in what he's been able to do in the last two years. Like what? For his own family, I mean, he's done very well. Right. Yeah, exactly. Hunt <laughs> not for anybody really else's family. Good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody else has been been raking it in, but uh, yeah. What the hell, alternative <laughs> universe does she live in? They well, they just lie for a living. That's all they do. Golly, and really? That's that's what it comes down to. On a lighter note, I saw this story. I love it. A dog in Georgia. Did you hear about this? Was rummaging mm-hmm. through some trash and found a live grenade. Holy smokes, man. Just, again, for the record, if you have any sort of explosive material, don't just throw it in your garbage bin. That's not a good idea. Uh, You know, uh, ammo and explosives, uh, you you know, dispose of that responsibly. (laughs) That's not a good idea. Where was Bo Biden's (laughs) (laughs) ex-wife? And and so, yeah, they... Uh, You had people uh, talking to local media outlets about this. Here, Here they are. 
First I prayed, then my husband and I and the dog <laughs> left, and my son left as well. We have this loose dog in the neighborhood that just is tearing up trash. And we went in the backyard. It was a gun clip and what looked like a fake grenade. So when I went out there, I was like, no, this looks pretty real. Oh, well, yeah. Nobody was hurt. They did have to evacuate the street, though. Holy Obviously, smokes, man. They're going through it. <laughs> come here. Come here, Fido. Come here. Oh, my gosh. Gosh, dang. That's a real grenade right there. And he's walking around with it yeah, in his uh, mouth? Apparently so, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was a radicalized dog. You, know, you got to worry about those ISIS terriers, all right? He had a mask on. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Uh, the largest uh, Muslim advocacy group in America slams liberals for calling them white supremacists. We'll get to that next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jimmy Markley is on special assignment. He'll be back tomorrow. Well, there, there's been a fascinating development in our country with the uh, the battle over schools and trying to take back those institutions from the radical left. Uh, you got protests over grooming in schools. Uh, Muslim parents are joining up with Jews, Christians, and some atheists who don't like the radical LGBTQ propaganda being forced on school children. And liberals really don't know what to do with this. Well, yeah, they do. They know exactly what to do. What's Label that? everybody a white supremacist. Well, that, that's what they've Label, done, yeah. That, that, and that's exactly what they do. You're either a white supremacist or you're homophobic or you're sec, whatever. But, they just call you a name. That's it. But, I mean, they've spent the last two decades saying that, you know, Republicans and conservatives all hate Muslims and blah, blah, you know. Oh, I know. Did you see yeah. um, the newspaper in the Quad Cities? They apologized yes. after they, uh, Quad Cities, uh, Iowa and. Um, Quad Cities Times. Yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, uh, they ran an editorial uh cartoon mocking Vivek Ramaswamy, a Republican candidate for president, uh, where he's saying something like, we're all going to get together, you know, we're all going to come together and blah, 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 whatever the speech is. But there are like MAGA bros or something in the audience screaming, Muslim, Adam. Well, he's not Muslim, first and foremost. I think he's Hindu. But, But the point was that like, oh, all these MAGA bros just hate Muslims. Well, no, that's not true. And you're really you're you're taking, again, like point zero one percent of the population that actively does not like uh, Islam and hates Muslim people and applying that to millions of Americans who don't have any animosity towards Muslims. Uh, But anyway, on MSNBC, Mehdi Hassan and Wajahat Ali were warning Muslims about siding with Republicans and white supremacists. Why would you ever do that? Is there a way for them to, quote-unquote, defend their beliefs, uh, protect their traditions, religious views, moral values through peaceful protests, or whatever they want to do, without linking up arms with people who, once they're done bashing gays, will go back to bashing Muslims, or vice versa? Is there a way to do that without allying with the GOP? It is very easy. Look, I'm a practicing Muslim. Spoiler alert, I believe in God. I take it very seriously. To those Muslims who are so offended with some of these books that might just mention two dads, just think about what signal you're sending, right? Just a few years ago, just now, like you mentioned, Mehdi, when it comes to anyone wearing hijab, we are targeted, harassed, bullied. What we're telling people is, we'll tolerate you, but We'll just sit there and barely tolerate you, right? What does that say to the kids? The way you're doing it now by aligning with right-wing mobs that have manufactured fear and panic against our communities is not the way and will only lead to long-term disaster for our communities and our allies. Um, Why? Okay. 
Why? I, I, so the deputy director of CARE, the largest Muslim advocacy group in America, slammed them for this, saying the vast majority of concerned Muslim parents and students have been independently standing up for their religious rights in the public school system on their own, without prompting from the right and without fear of backlash from the left. This is ludicrous. So is implying that Muslims should not support a cause simply because right-wing activists or conservative Christians happen to support that same cause. It doesn't matter who supports a cause. What matters is whether the cause itself is just. That's why Muslim activists in America have spent years standing up for various just causes, even though doing so sometimes puts us on the same side as far-left activists, even communists hostile to Islam. We didn't care who supported each cause. We cared whether the cause was just. And, I mean, with yeah. this... Yeah, with this particular organization, I haven't, you know, trusted them a whole lot. They they've they've really sided with some weirdos in the past, but at the same time, I, I mean, how dare these people go on television and tell Muslims that they have to abandon their religious beliefs? See, that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, everything you've been taught, everything your grandfather was taught, his grandfather was taught, everything that's lasted hundreds of years, throw it all away. To adapt to the new culture that yeah. is 2023. No, we're not going to do that. Yeah, because we have to. We have to be uh, teaching kids about uh, the finer points of playing with fecal matter with a partner. Yeah, yeah. Like quit that. telling me how to think. Quit telling me I have to abandon my faith in order to get along with you. I'm not going to do it. No. And, and the thing is, you know, again, it's all these bad faith arguments that the left makes. Like, oh, it's just because they, you know, don't like that there's a, there's a two dads in a book. Well, that's oh, not really the point. That's not really what people are angry about. No. It's graphic novels showing graphic depictions of uh, of sex, including between adults and children. That's not a good thing to be giving to children. That is grooming. That is priming them for abuse. And everybody knows it. And you've made the point. I've made the point before. Uh, if they're really not that offensive, read them on your show. Yeah, go ahead. If, if this read is, them on your show. If this is hashtag love is love and it's a beautiful thing, then mm -hmm. highlight it. Celebrate it. And for all of you that think the same way, go to your local park, as David has suggested. Yeah. Open up the book and then start reading to children who are there. Yeah. See or, how long that lasts. You know, make photocopies of some yeah. of the pages and start Pass handing them out. out to kids. Yeah, to kids, because they need to see this. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah. it's critical for their and educational And every politician, go to the kindergarten classes, first grade classes, sit on the little stool with the kids around you right. and read it to them. No, go there ahead. you go. Hey, man. Howard, uh, go ahead. If it's, <laughs> if it's harmless, do it. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Uh, well, the new White House spin for the economy is they're just rebranding it. They're calling it Bidenomics. And we'll get to an update on that. You won't believe this next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Of course, the uh, big story driving the news right now oh, is the convenient leak of a tape of Donald Trump talking about a uh, plan to attack Iran that we've heard so much about. So, yeah, he's, he's apparently sitting there at Bedminster. Uh, talking to a writer who's doing a book on Mark Meadows, his former chief of staff, and he starts talking about how General Milley uh, was ready to overrule the president in the event that Donald Trump, when he was president, would try to unilaterally start a war, particularly with Iran. And so you can hear Trump talking about, well, no, I mean, these people, these are bad people. He's defending himself, saying, no, I didn't do that. Mark Milley was the one who wanted to attack Iran. 
and then says, look at this, look at this, uh, uh, here are the plans that they sent me. And so presumably that's supposed to be the uh, the actual documents detailing a plan to bomb Iran or something to attack Iran. We don't know that for certain, but that's what's being alleged. He says, well, they were like newspaper clippings because there was a lot of news at the time about uh, when, when Mark Milley, the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, was out there talking about how he was willing to lead a military coup against the president. And so yeah. I don't know if he is really referring to newspaper articles and, and printed out web articles or if he really does have whatever material he could show off. I have no idea. What I do know is that, boy, it seems awfully uh, uh, conveniently timed to put this out to leak this for one reason or another, right about the time more and more people are paying attention to the Hunter Biden story and how it relates to the current president of the United States making millions of dollars through the help or enlisting the help of his crackhead son. So uh, to me, it just seems like this is, it, it, this is all way too orchestrated. The, the only thing, again, somebody has suggested or it's been suggested that Trump himself leaked it. I'm not saying that he's you know, beyond that or above that, but it doesn't make any sense as the heat's no. coming down on Joe why he would leak it uh, at this time. So I, Yeah, that, I, I don't. That one doesn't make any sense. No, that, that theory doesn't hold a lot of water for no. me. It could be true. I, you know, I don't know. What would be I'm, the motivation behind that? Uh, I think the uh, as I've heard it explained is that he sees this as exonerating because he put he put that out on Truth Social this morning that he has been exonerated through the release of the tape because uh, I suppose it, it it indicates that he's actually looking at news articles, not actual classified documents or top secret documents about a plan to attack Iran. So, again, we'll see where this goes, but hmm. I, I just don't buy that he would do that uh in this particular circumstance when there is so much more scrutiny happening with regards to ethics and the current administration i'm keeping track over here it would this be considered a walls are closing in moment or are we not there yet i i think the walls have been closing in apparently for like six years now right i so. just want to keep track because i'm up to like 15 the, now i think the walls are about uh about 18 feet away Okay. Uh, inching towards, I don't All know, right. man. We, I, I just need to know when to make it official because yeah. I'm, I'm, i got a running tally here yeah, <laughs> of walls been closing in moments. <laughs> Meanwhile, this was a bizarre piece of audio uh, to come out. Joe Biden joked about selling state secrets to India during a weird and awkward moment with the prime minister of India. Uh, this was on Friday, but the, the clip didn't surface, to my knowledge, until yesterday. Mm-hmm. But, well, anyway, th this guy, man, just keep in mind it's a stutter, Scott, okay? Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, uh, uh, the, anyway, I started off without you. And I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. Now, all kidding aside, look, we're teaming up to design and develop a uh, New technology are going to transform the lives of our people around the world. I like the courtesy laugh in there, where it's like, all kidding aside. <laughs> Wait, did he really sell state secrets? Well, he forgot his name, too, didn't he? He did. Yeah, forgot he that has he no was... idea. Yeah. 
Okay, because that's that's obvious from the start. Yeah, he's reaching for the name and he can't come up with it. Like Modi, Mo, 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 uh, uh, Monique, anyway. is that it? Uh, and he does the anyway thing. He takes yeah. the exit ramp again. Of course he does. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and gives up on a sentence, stops trying to form a sentence, and just moves on to a weird joke that he tried to make. Selling him state secrets. <laughs> that's a knee slapper, isn't that it? That sure is. Yeah. yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, you know, we've seen the polling that only 34 percent of Americans approve of the way that Joe Biden is handling the economy uh, right now. Not all that surprising because more and more people are going backwards. You know, the White House likes to point to rising wages. But in terms of real wage growth, people have gone backwards because of Mm -hmm. inflation. So you may have gotten uh, an extra uh, a bump in your pay as it appears on your paycheck, but when everything else is costing much more, that money is not going as far as it used to. Um, so they have decided that they are going to rebrand it and now call it Bidenomics. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. All right. Okay. All right. Maybe they'll put an exclamation point at the end of it. Uh, yeah. Pull a full on Jeb. I don't know. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked whether or not this new branding effort runs the risk of backfiring because do you really want to chain yourself to the dead hooker that is the economy right now? I, I don't know. So we believe our job is to continue to speak to the American people to lay out what it is that the president is doing on behalf of American families. And that is important. And we have the data to prove it. We have uh, the numbers to show that his economic policy has indeed worked. No, no you don't. You don't you don't have those numbers. No. Because they don't exist. Well, he's created what, thirteen <laughs> you know, what gazillion jobs yeah, or whatever th- that is now? Thirteen million jobs is what they go jobs. to, and that's right. just not true. See, job creation has to be jobs that weren't technically open when you took office. Yeah. And that number is way smaller than the 13 million or what did Joe Biden say one time? 14 billion a, a jobs. Billion. Yes. There's significantly more jobs in this country than there are people, apparently. <laughs> odd, man. It's odd. Well, you know, I mean, people do get paid to lie. I understand that. Yeah. And that one of those jobs is the White House press secretary being paid to lie. I mean, you are. But most of the time, the liar is really good at lying. Yeah. So you really can't tell whether they're lying or not. With her, there's no question about it. Does she write her own sentences for these things? Is it, is it I think her she tries. Who's, but, who's writing this to but, deliver it to the press? But remember, she got kicked in the back of the head by a mule at the age of like seven and then fell down a well, was down there for like three weeks. So all oh. things considered, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's actually functioning at a very high level. It's really remarkable, though. <laughs> Trying to sell me that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, it's not just lying, though. It's asking you to not believe what you're experiencing. Every day she's trying to convince me to buy undercoating. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Right. All right, moving on. It's that time of the show. Go around and talk about maybe not the biggest story of the day, but something that certainly caught your eye. This is What's Your Story, Scott. What's your story today? Uh, today's story is The Flash. The movie has made history for DC Comics and that world. The new superhero film suffered the biggest second week box office domestically drop after the movie plummeted 75.2% from its dismal opening weekend. Wow. The movie cost $200 million, not counting uh, all the uh, promotion that went with it. 
That's this. That's just the movie. Featured Ezra Miller. Now, this guy is in a heck of a hot water, too, right now. He was arrested in Hawaii for disorderly conduct following an incident at a bar. He was accused by two parents of grooming their daughter with cult-like behavior since she was 12 years old. That was part of it. And then, yeah. of course, he threw himself in the mental health institution or whatever. But the movie featuring him earned just $15.3 million in its second weekend after it fizzled out at $55 million after the opening weekend. Again, $200 million plus another $56 million to promote it. Mm. So the 73% drop by moviegoers is the worst one for DC films in its second weekend, even beating out the previous record of The Suicide Squad at 71.5% drop during the height of the pandemic in 2020. Yeah. Not good. Are people burnt out on superhero movies, David? Well, I think this one has some extra baggage to it. One, DC has had the DC universe trying to build it up like the Marvel universe. It, It has just not worked. And some of it's because it's just not as compelling content. It just feels like another superhero movie. Like it's not, there's nothing special about it. There's nothing, uh, there's no comic relief in the same way. The, 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 the characters and actors aren't as engaging as they are in a lot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm not a big fan of, of any of those movies at all. I, mm-hmm. I can watch the Marvel movies. I have no patience for most of the DC stuff I've tried to watch. I It just feels very boilerplate to me. And then you throw on top of it the idea that the star of it is an alleged diddler. Right. Who has had a lot of run-ins with the law, and people just don't want to go see it. So, And there may be some superhero burnout, but, I, you know, I I think it's more just probably the bad press of the star of the movie. Uh, Jean-Claude Pierre Van Damme has said that uh, actually the movie was great. It's a great box office, and it will continue to uh, skyrocket. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I like this story. Uh, Maury Povich, he is, uh, he's retired, of course, from his talk show, did that last year. He's launching an at-home DNA paternity test company. This is brilliant. And it's called brilliant. The Results Are In. Like Unbelievable. The catchphrase, you are the father or are not the, the father. Right. He says, quote, I've been around paternity testing for more than 20 years, so I know exactly what's going on and how we can help those people who are looking for fathers, fathers who are looking for children, fathers who don't think they're the fathers, and fathers who think they are the fathers. I've seen firsthand how DNA testing can change lives and bring families together. Yeah, or blow them up, one of the two. Yeah, Yeah. well, we're making it easier and more affordable than ever before. Wow, man. You might as well. Yeah, get in on it while you still can, while you still yeah. have that brand recognition. Holy smokes. <laughs> Hunter Biden's going to be a minority uh, shareholder in it, isn't he? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just want to know. <laughs> that guy's been playing Johnny Appleseed all, all over the United States for years. <laughs> 17 LLCs, though, will be, he'll be, he'll, won't really know it's him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up, we've got a Texas college professor who's been fired for teaching biology. We'll get to that and much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee is out today. He'll be back tomorrow. So a college in San Antonio has fired a biology professor for teaching biology. That... <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Johnson okay. Barkey 
He's been teaching for like 22 years. He was at uh, St. Philip's College in San Antonio. Uh, and he's been given the boot now because students were offended by him saying that sex is determined by X and Y chromosomes. First Liberty Institute is representing him. They uh, sent St. Phillips, demand, they sent him uh, them, I should say, a letter demanding he be reinstated. So this goes back to November of last year. Four of his students walked out of his class when he stated that sex was determined by X and Y chromosomes. Complaints against Varkey said that he has engaged in religious preaching, discriminatory comments about homosexuals and transgender individuals, anti-abortion rhetoric, and misogynistic banter, and that his teaching pushed beyond the bounds of academic freedom with his personal opinions that were offensive to many individuals in the classroom. So he's saying, hey, look, I was teaching from school-approved and science-based curriculum, uh, but St. Philip's College said, no, your teaching was religiously based. So they fired him earlier this year. And so now, essentially, First Liberty is saying, hey, look, reinstate him or else we're going to sue. Yeah. And, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I, trying to find out what exactly he said is, is, is kind of uh, difficult right now because, I mean, did he say something inappropriate? Because if all he said was, no, transgenderism isn't a real thing, biologically speaking, he'd be absolutely right. It's not. I mean, there's got to be more to this, right? You doesn't there you have think, to but be? I, but I don't know anymore, man. Because, uh, yeah. dude, you have right now Glad, the big uh, LGBTQ activist group, that is actively calling on major social media platforms to uh, deplatform those who go against the Alphabet Mafia's uh, doctrine, uh, saying, "Hey, look, if you're if you're spreading misinformation about." Uh, transgender health care that's crucial and life-saving, then you should be deplatformed. Now, it, it's not crucial. And in fact, I mean, there are, there are many countries in Europe right now that are backing away from the brink because they've seen what this has been doing, especially to kids, mm -hmm. when it comes to the gender-affirming care, also known as sex change operations. And so, wow. I, I, so, so look, it, it, to me... It wouldn't surprise me at all if you had a few students who, who caused a scene and maybe the guy said one thing that could be construed as offensive and then they just give him the boot because they don't want the headache. They don't want the, 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 the kids to walk out, essentially. I just want one institution to actually stand up for a professor, for a teacher. Well, the idea was great because you could go into learning institutions, colleges, diverse points of view. Debate was always taking yeah. place. There was extended dialogue. You can't have any of that anymore. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, the woke mind virus has it's, uh, it's taken has over. Taken I mean, over. you can't do anything. You can't even come on campus to speak about or lecture about yeah. diverse points of view oh, because no. you're not allowed. They'll disrupt you. They'll try to bar you from even entering the theater or, or, or wherever you are. I mean, this is where we are. So it's no surprise to me that when something like this pops up, it's like, well, yeah, because they've gotten away with it and they just continue to do it. Yeah. What's going to happen here? So you know, this is an interesting one to follow. Yeah. See what happens. It's weird, too, what happened to uh, a few of my professors that I knew who I knew were liberal at the time, but used to want to foster debate. And yeah. I was really bummed out there. I don't want to, you know put a target on him or whatever. There's a professor I really liked. Uh, 
didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but he always fostered debate. Sometimes those debates got heated, but that was important for the academic exercises that we were doing. Yeah. And then a few years ago, he signed on to this letter at the University of North Texas demanding that Donald Trump Jr. not be allowed to speak. Yeah, and see. it's just it, the, the woke mind virus just eats yeah. everything, man. It's it a does. bummer. All right. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. He'll be back tomorrow. So the big news of the day is that right on schedule, someone leaked uh, the damning audio of Donald Trump talking about classified information. Just as soon as people started asking serious questions about whether or not the president, Joe Biden, was involved in his son's business deals, maybe getting a cut of the action, leveraging his position of power to do so. You know, uh, just as soon as more people are asking questions about that, we get this audio about Orange Man being bad. I'm always... <laughs> Damnedest I'm thing, I'm sorry, huh? I get fixated on the idea that sent through the mail, <laughs> courier, I think, I think probably, attention Jake Tapper. I think probably on a flash drive or on an attachment to an email. In an envelope that was sent yeah. <laughs> to CNN. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, to, right, Anderson Cooper. Yeah, he's got the trench coat with the collar popped up. He's sitting there smoking a uh, a lung dart in right. the in the garage in the parking garage while somebody else comes over and says, "Here is here is Donald Trump. The walls have finally closed in." Dun, dun, dun. Or is there some sort of funky code over at CNN like you would address <laughs> it to Super Duper Cooper? You get <laughs> preferential treatment. I, Super I, Duper Cooper. That's yeah. That sounds right. like somebody's name for a corgi. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this one's got the code on it. Okay, give it yeah, to me right this away. He's got it. So yeah. I'll, I'll play a snippet of this. The context here is he's talking to a writer about how Joint Chiefs Chairman Mark Milley was going around claiming that he was prepared to overrule the president if Trump decided to start a war with Iran. Trump is on tape saying no. Milley wanted to attack. And he drew up plans for it. It wasn't my plan. They drew up the plans. They were the ones who wanted to start a war at some point. Uh, and then he's blaming it on me. Mm -hmm. And you can hear him uh, tossing papers around. And, well, anyway, here, here's a snippet of the audio here. The Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. <laughs> Wait a minute, let's see here. Yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm -hmm. Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. secret. <laughs> this is secret information. Yeah. Look, look at this. You attack and. Hillary would print that out all the time, you know. <laughs> she'd, send it, no, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner. Yeah. <laughs> the pervert. Yeah, the pervert. So here, this is kind of interesting to me because just a week ago, Fox News started airing the uh, uh, interview that Brett Baer did with Donald Trump. And, of course, they talked about this, what was described in the federal indictment of Donald Trump, 
uh, they, that moment. They talked about it. And he, it, this is what he's saying, or this is what he says he was actually flashing around. It was like newspaper clippings or something like that. There was mm -hmm. no document. That was a massive amount of papers and everything else talking about Iran and other things. And it may have been held up or may not, but that was not a document. I didn't have a document per se. There was nothing to declassify. These were newspaper stories, magazine stories, and articles. I'm just saying what the indictment says. Well, they, the recording uh, people, and the look, people in the room who these testified. These people are very dishonest people. They're thugs. They're thugs. If you look at what they've done to other people, what they've done to, and overturned in the U.S. Supreme Court, these are thugs. These the are suggestion was people. that you wanted this as evidence that the military, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, had preemptively sent you plans for a possible attack on Iran and that you didn't order that to happen. That's the suggestion. I never ordered it to happen, no. But no. that's why you wanted the document. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a document from Milley. Milley, frankly, was incompetent. The last one I'd want to attack with as my leader would be Milley. So the argument, to me at least, unless the feds can, can show the paper that he was actually referring to, and maybe right. they do have that evidence, maybe they've got that testimony, maybe. You know, I, again, I have no idea. This is just going off of what Trump said here, where he says, I'm, I'm, I'm showing him newspaper clippings. And so I could totally see if he has a printed out news story that says, oh, there was an attack to or there was a plan to attack Iran. And he shows him that headline and said, no, no, this plan, this was Milley's idea. This was the Pentagon's idea. And then he said, you know, if he's saying I could have declassified it, it could be that he's saying I could have shown you all the details, but I can't do it now because I'm president. Right. So that's plausible. And that's really all you need in a court mm -hmm. of law, unless, again, unless the prosecutors actually do have the goods on him and say this was the document uh, and they can, you know, some they can bring in a witness that says, yes, that's the document I saw. You know, that that's the thing. I just don't think the tape is as damning as everybody was leading us to believe it was. To me, again, depending on what level of evidence exists right now, I don't know that this is a slam dunk thing. Well, also, it depends on what you want to hear. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, guess. You know, I mean, you can take that 600 different ways, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard so much talk about damning information and walls are closing in and yeah. nonsense like that about Trump for years now. Well, yeah, and there have been plenty of times where you read something in print and you think, oh, my gosh, did Donald Trump really say that? And then you hear the leaked audio of it or whatever, and it's like, oh, well, actually, it wasn't that bad. So right. I don't know what the what the greater context is with regards to the paperwork that he's handling. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. But but it is kind of funny that the same people who are saying the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden corruption scandal is really just about a, a father expressing love for his child are now saying, send Donald Trump to Gitmo today based right. on this tape. So, again, you got to keep an open mind about it because maybe they do have the goods. Maybe the prosecutors do. But to me, I, the tape was not nearly as damning as I thought it was going to be. So we'll, we'll have more on that a little bit later. Uh, meanwhile, something like three-quarters of Americans feel that the country is on the wrong track, and a lot of people are blaming Biden because nothing is really working. His top advisor, Anita Dunn, went back to a—it's it's an old favorite of the Biden crew— it's your fault that you don't understand how great things are. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was wondering when they were going to get around People to People are just starting fault. to really feel the effects of these programs that got put in place the first two years 
of Joe Biden's presidency. He had a truly historic rate of success when it comes to major economic programs that are building the foundation and the infrastructure for America to lead the world, not just in innovation, but in manufacturing, in the number of jobs we've created, in exports again. People are starting to feel that now. Ah, people are starting to feel that, huh? Yeah, finally. Like what? I don't know. <laughs> give, give me a reference point. What? I mean, what, because now inflation is only at a 20-year high or a 30-year high, not yeah. a 40-year high? It, that, well, it is the boiling water syndrome, right? Yeah. I mean, now all of a sudden you look at things and it seems normal. Right. You know? I mean, we've normalized it, and, and we continue to do so. Yeah. It's the shock to the system. Then it's the slow, gradual normalization yeah. of high prices, grocery stores, gas stations, you name it. But... And But you're still seeing people. I mean, the, the thing is about uh, out of control of inflation, the thing is this, is that it's a cumulative effect. Yeah. You, 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 obviously, you feel the pinch when it hits. When gas prices are $5 a gallon or more, you feel that immediately. But mm-hmm. then uh, because you have to compensate for that, most household budgets wind up getting a few months behind. And so let's say, okay, I'm going to take budget, money from the budget for next month, apply it to this month, and then so on and so forth. And then a couple of years down the road, you're up a creek without a paddle. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who are in that situation right now. So they, the White House wants to say, well, it's only 4% inflation year over year. Okay, yeah, but that's a combined like 18% or something like that compared to just two years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. That's a big problem. And these people are just lying through their teeth and telling you over and over again that what you're experiencing isn't real. That that the reason you're dissatisfied with the direction of the country or the reason that you think that Joe Biden's not very good at this whole president thing is because you're just not smart enough to realize it. You're not an economist. You don't see the nuts and bolts. You only go to the grocery store and pay your light bill and fill up your gas tank a couple times a week. They want to tell you that what you are experiencing is not real. You know, the thing is you cannot ever, ever in the history of the world, history of, of, of economics, flood the market with something and expect nothing to happen in return. Yeah. I mean... I always go back to this. I've told this story before, and David, you're probably rolling your eyes here, but the way I understood inflation from an economics teacher in high school stuck with me the rest of my life because he looked at a bunch of idiots like me, mouth-breathing, you know, jockheads in the room, and said, let me explain this to you guys. All right, you're at a party. You're at a party. There's 20 of you. There are five girls there. Five girls. The value of those girls is pretty high because there's 20 of you. Only five of them. Door opens up. hundred more come in. All of a sudden, the value of those five girls drops precipitously. <laughs> I got it. I understood completely what was going on when he said it, right? <laughs> and he's absolutely right. He was absolutely right. And a great teacher got through to lunkheads like us, and we went, oh, okay, now I get it. <laughs> you know? And I think about that every time we talk about inflation. Now it's a buyer's market, huh? Yes, right. You just go, okay, well, this value of this girl I've been uh, talking to over here just dropped because I got 40 more choices out here. (laughs) But again, with a bunch of dopes like us, we understood it. I got it. Sure. Yeah. So That's what the great teachers do. 
That's exactly yeah, right. right. They know their audience. <laughs> yep. All right. Coming up. Uh, I did not realize this, but apparently in some places in the country, the eviction moratorium is still in effect. Meaning that people who own property have not been able to collect rent from people staying at that property, and they have had it. We will get to that story much more next. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. I didn't realize this, but there are some places in this country where property owners still cannot require rent payments. I read this, and... <laughs> Honestly, I thought that was done a long time ago. So this was the eviction moratorium, obviously, went into effect at the beginning of the pandemic as lockdowns forced people out of work. At the federal level, they implemented this. The CDC was given the power to invalidate property rights. Uh, It was supposed to be temporary. And then the Biden administration came in. They liked it so much that they tried to defy the Supreme Court in keeping it in place. Mm Mm-hmm. However, in the San Francisco Bay Area, there's still an eviction moratorium in place. It's been in place for three years. And so there are Uh. property owners who are protesting, and uh, I I think they are, by and large, winding down now. I think San Francisco's ended, like, middle of April, I think. But to think that you can own a piece of property, maybe it's your investment. Maybe it's, like, your retirement nest egg. Right. Right. And that you're responsible for paying mortgage, uh, paying the mortgage, responsible for handling all of the repairs, and yet you can't expect a return on that investment. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can't evict. You can't. No. Uh, so uh, the AP had this story. Retiree uh, Pamela Hale has paid property taxes because, of course, you still have to pay your taxes, uh, insurance, and other bills on a house that she rents out in Oakland, but for more than three years, her tenants have paid no rent because of the eviction ban. Uh, The 69-year-old retiree estimates she has owed more than $60,000 in back rent, and she's never going to see that. And the tenants have trashed her house. It's going to cost tens of thousands of dollars to make it habitable again. Uh, And they said the eviction bans have saddled them with debt and foreclosure worries while their tenants, who have jobs, live rent-free. In some of these cases, I mean, the people are working, but they say, hey, what are you going to do? Evict me? You can't. Not legally. No. Uh, John Williams is another guy who spoke to the AP. Uh, He's part of a lawsuit against Oakland and Alameda County over these bans. Said his tenants stopped paying when the pandemic started, uh, and she offered no explanation while still operating a storage business out of the apartment. Would not cooperate so he could get money from the city's rent relief program. So uh, in late 2020, he tried to sell the house, but she wouldn't move, and the sale fell through. In late 2021, he was so stressed that he wound up being hospitalized, placed on disability, and could not work. He was forced to move into the unit above his tenant. Oh, gosh. So he's as soon as he can get out from under this, he's leaving the city. He says, I don't want to be a home provider in Oakland. This has been a really hard time. This is disgusting what different liberals have done. And then for all the people who say, why do you call these people communists? Well, because the central thesis of communism is the end of private ownership. Maybe try to Ah. read what Karl Marx wrote once in a while before you start wondering why some people say, hey, look, that looks like some communist BS, doesn't it? Imagine that. Yeah. I mean, you, you decide these investment properties and you start to do this, you're doing the right thing. And 
they, they, you can't evict them for three years or more. Yeah. God, who knows how long this thing's going to go on, right? Golly. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, and they and, and they they put an end date in it, then it gets challenged, and then all of a sudden they back down, and mm-hmm. six more months. And, yeah. It, it is so frustrating. And it's not, like, it's not like the majority, that what I've read anyway, the majority of these people have jobs. They are making money. They don't have to pay the rent. They're not going to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you can't it, evict them. You can't go in and you can't evict them. You can't do anything. Yeah, pretty much that's it. Gosh, dang. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, on a much lighter note, uh, there <laughs> somebody has been putting out weird hacks for staying cool when you go to bed if, <laughs> if you're in a heat wave. Yeah. And this one I've never seen before: freezing your pajamas, put them in a plastic bag, toss them in the freezer, and you can do the same thing with your pillowcase too. So then it's cool. When you get it out, so you can fall asleep, hopefully, before it heats up again. How long does that last, I wonder? Ah, uh, no idea. I'd, I'd give it well, a go because, man, I hate being hot when I'm sleeping. You know, I'm yeah. one of these guys, though. I like to have covers on me. Mm-hmm. I, don't like to t- I don't like to sleep without covers on. Yeah. But when I put covers on, I get hot. It's so, it's... Yeah. yeah. I've been I might to... start doing that. I might start putting my pillow in the freezer. I've been, <laughs> been trying to save on energy bills. So during the day, my wife has been running the AC at 78 degrees. Uh-huh. Which to me, that's almost grounds for divorce. But yeah, that's stuffy. Yeah, that that's, is, that, it gets yeah. a little bit warm in there. Yeah, but the the trick that I've used is uh, spend as much time outside as possible when it's really hot. Yeah, not maybe in direct sunlight. You know, obviously, don't get yourself hurt if it's really hot outside where you live. But uh, it seems to make that seventy eight degrees feel a little bit better when you come. Well, in. that is yeah. true. Yeah, you sort but, of trick your brain that way, yeah. don't you? Yeah, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Uh, biggest story of the day, of course, is uh, the audio of Trump talking about uh, classified documents uh, got leaked just in time yeah. uh, to CNN. And I, I do want to play or flesh out some of the theories that have been put out there as to who leaked it. And one of the theories is that Trump himself was the one who sent it over to CNN uh, because he sees it as an exoneration. Uh, Fox and Friends was actually kicking this around. Steve Ducey, the deuce was on the loose, uh, talking about this uh, this morning. And I want to play that for you uh, oh, okay. here coming up in just a couple of minutes. Also, an embarrassing gaffe from a uh, presidential candidate, someone running for the Republican nomination, whose name you might not recognize. But, boy, this is a pretty funny piece of audio. Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Um, well, of course, the big story of the day in the political world is CNN getting its hands on the audio of Trump talking about classified documents. This is the key evidence in the federal criminal case against him. And I think there's a lot of wiggle room for Team Trump, honestly. Because there appears to be, yeah. His argument is that he wasn't actually waving around any sort of detailed classified document pertaining to an attack on Iran or whatever, but he was referring to news articles that he had printed out and then was saying, look, all of these things that, that were allegedly planned, that was the Pentagon that was planning them. So I do think he has a little bit more wiggle room than previously uh, known here, but we'll have to see what kind of evidence is actually submitted and put out there by the prosecutors. I thought it was interesting here, Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends, they were kicking around uh, who leaked the audio, maybe. And uh, Steve Ducey thinks it was Trump. 
And here, here's the justification for that. Trump uh, posted on Truth Social, the deranged special prosecutor, Jack Smith, working in, conjun in conjunction with the DOJ and FBI, illegally leaked and spun a tape and transcript of me, which is actually an exoneration. So you know what? If, if Trump thinks it's an exoneration of him, perhaps somebody on his side actually did the leaking to CNN and Maggie Haberman. Well, that, we'll that see. I mean, sense. he's going to say he's going to maybe I don't know. I here's why I don't buy it, though, because that whole thing had been simmering for a little while. And you have all of this news about Hunter Biden and whether or not Joe and, and well, it appears that Joe actually was involved in some of the business deals while he was vice president. And then shortly thereafter, after leaving office, after Trump uh, became president. So I don't know why you would take the conversation away from that if you are on Team Trump. That part doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. But it could be. Uh, and Trump has leaked things out on his behalf in the past. So maybe he did. I just don't understand that strategy of putting it out there. Why not? If you are going to leak it from your own side, why not wait a couple of weeks? Or, I mean, honestly, why even leak it at all? The court of public opinion is not what you have to win in. The court of law is what you have to win in here. And I think he's got a pretty good defense, but the idea that he leaked it just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I'm trying to figure the strategic reasons behind it. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't exactly exonerate him. No, it it um, shows it just, that... It, yeah. I think it shows that there's a little bit more nuance to the conversation than, yeah. than was previously disclosed. But, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted. No, 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 you didn't. I, I mean, my, I guess my whole point is generally when Trump does something on the chessboard, there is some sort of strategy behind it. Sometimes you don't see it right away. Maybe this is one of those things. I don't know. Yeah. But it's just weird to me. The whole yeah. thing's weird to me. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing's weird to me because you knew tape was rolling. <laughs> And, and you were talking about this stuff freely. Mm -hmm. Which, to me, then, does actually uh, provide that reasonable doubt yes. in there. That he's not actually showing documents, but he's showing news reports. And then talking about the existence yeah. of said documents, which I don't know. Maybe that would be something they could nail him on, too. That you're confirming that this uh, Iran plan was real or something like that. I, I don't know. I just think... Um, the government's case uh, may not be as rock solid as uh, they're trying to lead everybody to believe it is. Oh, it's fascinating to me because, again, there's usually something behind his madness. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Meanwhile, after getting a sweetheart deal from the Justice Department, Hunter Biden was at a state dinner with his dad. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, it also was attended by Attorney General Merrick Garland. You know, they weren't that close to each other, though, uh, David. They were across the room. Right, across other. the room. But I've heard yeah. this thing about a million times. Yeah. It's I, a major. I don't even know if they converse with each other or not. It, it, if nothing else, it's a major middle finger to everyone well, else. Well, of in course it is. I mean, and it, the look is terrible. Yeah. Uh, the White House, though, says they're not worried about potential ethics breaches. Here is uh, Kareem Jean Pierre talking about this. As you know, and we have uh, laid out uh, very early on in this administration when it comes to ethics, when it comes to how uh, we all uh, uh, um 
uh, kind of move about uh, and how we have we respect uh, clearly the government ethics here uh, this is a president this is an administration has been incredibly transparent on that uh, and really? has put some very strict uh, strict rules uh, and so I can speak to that I can speak to how the president has moved forward and making sure that uh, uh, the people who work for him and himself are, are, are held to um, uh, kind of a, a strict course of action but I'm not going to speak to anything that's related uh, to the case. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not going to speak to anything that's related to this Do case. Do any guardrails exist? I'm not going to speak to anything that is related to this case. As you stated, there are, uh, we've had, uh, when it comes to ethics, we take that very, very seriously here in this administration. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, bye. <laughs> yeah, we take ethics very seriously <laughs> in figuring out how to get around to those things. I mean, it says the lady who just got slapped with a warning for violating the Hatch Act. Right. right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Strict yeah, right. guardrails. Yeah. I uh, saw where they kicked that South African guy out again, by the way. The, the African-American oh, African reporter. Yeah. The African, uh, African, Simon. African-American. Yeah. yeah. They booted him for six months. Yeah, they did. Because he, he kept interrupting. Right. How'd yeah. you go? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See you later. Six-month ban. Why wow. are they punishing a strong <laughs> black man? <laughs> See, I, I don't this know. This is just... This is the most racist presidential administration that we've seen in my lifetime. Well, Corrine Jean-Pierre hated him. Oh, yeah. Hated him. Yeah. Just wanted to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> I just like the... It's so arbitrary. Six-month ban. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, is running as a Republican in the presidential primary. Uh, he's really... Doesn't really stand much of a chance. I mean, this guy was a Democrat forever um, and is now Republican and is is trying to mold himself as the future for the Republican Party. Uh, hadn't really made much of a splash until now, and he made a splash for the wrong reasons. Big swing and a miss during an interview on the Hugh Hewitt show. Hugh Hewitt asked him about the Uyghurs in China. This is the ethnic minority that's being rounded up and put in concentration camps. I mean, we've all seen over the years... Horrific stories about slave labor, about people being held in these concentration camps, and also their body parts being used on the black market. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some wealthy guy uh, in China or, or elsewhere in the world needs a liver. Well, they'll just cut open uh, one of these Uyghurs, take a part of the liver or the whole thing, who cares, and send it over to that guy. Mm -hmm. oh, it's, yeah. it's disgusting what China is doing. So uh, Hugh Hewitt asked Francis Suarez uh, about this. Uh, what are you going to talk? Are you going to talk about the Uyghurs here if you are president of the United States? Will you be talking about the Uyghurs in your campaign? What, the what? The Uyghurs. What's a Uyghur? Okay, we'll come back to that. Uh, let me. You won't be. Obvious. You got to get smart on that. <laughs> Holy cow! What's a Uyghur? What's a Uyghur? <laughs> They wobble, but they won't fall down. <laughs> What's a Uyghur? Yeah. Holy cow. Man. Like, you you're, laugh, like, what are you running, talking about here? Hold you're running for president? Yep, running for president. Doesn't, doesn't know what that is. Uh, I mean, he clearly, he wasn't goofing. He didn't know what a Uyghur was. No, he was What's laughing. a Uyghur? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's a Uyghur? What, what do you think? What is a God, Uyghur in your campaign. What? The what? The Uyghurs. 
What's a Uyghur? Okay, we'll come back to that. Uh, let me... I like that. What? Oh, what? We'll come back to that. What's a Uyghur? Give you a, ch- give you a chance to Google it. <laughs> Holy cow! Well, we're going to take a, we're going to take a three minute commercial break, so you got a chance to fire up Wikipedia here <laughs> yeah, and to figure find out, out what, what that a Uyghur is. is. What is that? What is a Uyghur? They're saying this guy's been on the campaign trail for uh, two weeks, and he's already had his Gary Johnson "What is Aleppo?" moment. Exactly. <laughs> You're done. You're done. Yeah, and that, just stop I, now. Yeah, that, it's actually been quite a big uh, conversation. Uh, but I will tell you this, man. I'm I'm fairly confident the uh, Chinese Communist Party is going to be giving that guy a donation. Oh yeah, sure, they'll <laughs> throw money. You in don't even now. know yeah. what the we. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Neither do we. Here we, we go. Good. We usually just buy off politicians who deny that we're running concentration camps. If this guy actually doesn't even know that that's an issue, that's even better. He could be our guy. Yeah, it's an EV from Ford. <laughs> That sounds like a Chevy creation, honestly. Yeah, I know. It's just it's the all new Chevy Weaker. You know, and, and again, you're running for president, man. <laughs> you're running for president. You think you'd know a little bit of something. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that topic might come up. I don't mm-hmm. know. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I, I thought this was kind of interesting. A list of u- unusual funeral requests from celebrities came mm-hmm. out. Some of these okay. I've never heard of before. Uh, like two, well, I knew this one. Tupac, his ashes were smoked by members of his former group. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson, the author of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, Johnny Depp honored his request to have his ashes fired from a cannon. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, now, this one, uh, Fred Bauer might be ask, asking, who is this guy? Well, he's the inventor of Pringles. He oh. had his ashes buried in a Pringles can. I was going to say how apropos yeah. that is, yeah. Uh, you might remember when we were following this in the news, Carrie Fisher, her ashes are held in an urn that's shaped like a Prozac pill. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see, Luke Perry, he wanted to be eco-friendly, so he's buried in a mushroom burial suit. Really? Yeah. Arch West, he's the inventor of Doritos. His urn was buried in a box surrounded by Doritos chips. All right. Well, that uh, makes sense, yeah. Uh, James Doohan from uh, Star Trek. Some of they his ashes. Him into space? Yeah. yeah, ashes were smuggled into the International Space Station. Yeah. Uh, Aretha Franklin had four outfit changes for her three viewings and a funeral. I remember that after she passed I, away. Wow, why don't I remember that? I don't remember that. I think you were still on the mend when she yeah, was. Yeah, maybe I uh, was. Yeah. Holy you, cow. After your heart attacks, you were Ain't still kind something? of coming out of it a little wow. bit. Wow. Um, I love this one. Uh, Rald Dahl, children's author. Uh-huh. He had a Viking-inspired funeral where he was buried with some of his possessions, like pencils, a power saw, and chocolates. Um, and, of course, Elizabeth Taylor famously wanted to be fashionably late to her service, so it started 15 right. minutes after its announced start Of course time. it did. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> hmm. I see it every once in a while because I grew up watching a lot of Chicago Cubs games. I saw more than once bleacher bums sneaking somebody's ashes in and then letting them go during the game. They're flying yeah. all over the field. You know, I've seen that. It just seems unsanitary. Yeah, I, and I, I, again, I mean, I realized that was probably their last wish that you do that. But, dude, do oh. it, do it. You know, before the game or after the game or something like that. All I want is for my children to spread my ashes on the gravestones of my enemies. Oh yeah, because they got there before you did. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Scoreboard. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I'm not buried in a box six feet under. <laughs> right. <laughs> Free with the wind. All right, we got a news update on the way. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robinson.
The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee is out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Thank you so much for being here. Boy, <laughs> did you see what Anthony Fauci's next play is going to be? Yes, I yeah. did. He's going to be a professor at Georgetown University so he can continue to poison young people's minds. Golly. Yeah, Georgetown University announced that former White House uh, medical advisor Anthony Fauci will join its faculty in July as a professor in its infectious diseases division. His first role since leaving a decades-long career in government service late last year. Starting on Saturday, Fauci will serve as distinguished university professor in the School of Medicine's Department of Medicine in the Division of Infectious Diseases. An academic division that provides clinical care, conducts research, and trains future physicians in infectious diseases. So you, too, can learn how to destroy America in two weeks. Wow, man. Man. You know, again, once you're in the cool kids club, in the D.C. and media elite circle, you can fail as much as you want. And you'll always have a job. Always. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how many lives you ruin. It doesn't matter how many times you lie. It doesn't matter how many times you obfuscate the truth. It doesn't matter. You will always have a job, and you will always be greeted as a great liberator. That's right. This is a guy who on multiple occasions said, well, if you disagree with me, you're disagreeing with science. Le science, c'est moi, says Anthony Fauci. Mm -hmm. Science is only begotten son. Right. No, it's it is that exactly where you go. I mean, that's where the isn't that where Elizabeth Cheney went? Yeah, did she go to Georgetown go to, or another, not Georgetown, but yeah, some other university? university is it, yeah, you know. Well, I mean, Hillary Clinton is some has right. some title at Harvard, right? I yeah. mean, this is this is what happens. Academia loves you. I saw somebody ask the question, and I can't believe that it actually even is a question in some people's minds. Why is it that when Democrats talk so much about student loan debt, why they never actually um, want to target the source of the problem, which is out-of-control cost of college? Because universities pay tens of thousands, if not millions of dollars, uh, and charge that to students' bank accounts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they say, why don't Democrats ever talk about that? I don't understand it. Well, it's because these Democrats want a job after they're done in politics. That's where they all go. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at where their campaign donations come from. In large part, it's from academia. When you when you look at uh, experts say that Democrats are always right, you know, anything like that, it's always coming from academia. Because that that is a symbiotic relationship, uh, you know, the, but. Honestly, it's between two parasites, but you have the university system that relies on Democrats to look the other way while they fleece Mm 18-year-olds. And then, uh, you know, Democrats reward them with all sorts of grants to study transgender hairdressers in Nepal. I'm not making that up, actually. No, I know you're not. That's actually something that was in that that your government, that, that your tax dollars were going towards was a grant for transgender hairdressers in Nepal. (laughs) <laughs> well, important really important communities <laughs> yeah so it, marginalized so, yeah. so that's right it, it doesn't matter and you know anthony fauci is another example in a sane world this guy would be put on trial but instead he's going to get a nice cushy uh, gig well, with georgetown yeah. university and he'll be able to live out his golden years 
in peace. He's like 80 years old now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. What are his golden years? Yeah, but he's a spry 80, okay? That's right. <laughs> well, he makes that. I mean, considering he and Joe, yeah. Yeah. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Well, I think this is really funny to me, and it's a sign of desperation, but I'm, I'm afraid the way that so many media outlets carry the water for the Biden administration, it's going to work. They Because so many people are very pessimistic about the state of the economy, because, mm-hmm. you know, they shop for groceries, they yeah. pay rent, they pay their mortgages, they... Uh, you know, pay all of their utilities and they realize, hey, wait a minute, I don't have as much money left over at the end of the month as I used to. Well, <laughs> they're normal people living yeah. in this living in this world. So so instead of actually addressing those issues, what the White House is doing is undergoing a rebranding uh, scheme. They're going to be uh, talking about Bidenomics. So they think a, a snappy new catchphrase is the thing that that we just need. A snappy new catchphrase. So, is <laughs> is this thing bumper sticker ready? Or <laughs> I guess so. Or yeah, okay. Bidenomics. Right. Okay. Okay, Bidenomics. <laughs> I, I mean, you couldn't, you could not yeah. ask for something better if you were running against Joe Biden next year than to say, "Hey, remember this? They were proud of it. Remember how, like, I don't know, for the entirety of his presidency of the first term." Mm-hmm. Uh, food banks were desperate because they couldn't keep up with demand. Yeah, that was yeah. Bidenomics. Bidenomics. But yeah. hey, man, I, I go for it. I suppose you got to try something. I mean, I just when they think about uh, or when I think about the effort to rebrand it, I just kind of laugh because it's like, man, you can take the band Winger and call it Guns and Roses, but it's still Winger. I mean, <laughs> it's not, yeah, right? It's not. I mean, it doesn't really matter what you call it. Everybody knows that it, it, it's failed. Um, White House uh, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked, though, from a notably perplexed White House press corps, so why are you launching this new campaign now? What, what makes you think that this is going to work? Can you just give me a sense first of, you know, how did you guys coin that phrase or why did you decide to go with that branding going forward? You don't like Bionomics? No, I'm just asking. I'm I curious. I think it's pretty clever. It's pretty good. Um, look, um, it makes good sense, Bionomics, right? It kind of flows off the tongue really well. No, it uh, does. But in all seriousness, look, what you're going to hear from the president, I don't want to get ahead of him. I think we've kind of laid out a little bit of what uh, what we what we are thinking, uh, or what we think the president's going to lay out, or what he is going to lay out. Uh, certainly, it's a vision, right? It's a vision about growing the economy uh, from the middle out, the bottom up. You hear us say that over and over again because we believe that trickle down economics does not work, and we have seen that over and over and over again. It where. <laughs> Give me a metric. You know, you, you shut up, you shut up, and stop asking <laughs> questions. Will you shut up? Well, they keep going to the unemployment rate. Well, the unemployment rate is basically snapped back to where it was under Trump before 
uh, our country lost its mind and shut down businesses because of a, because of COVID. So, you know, remember yeah. they were talking about the K or the U or the V-shaped recovery. It was pretty obvious what was going to happen as soon as uh, people started being able to go about their lives again. Those jobs would be refilled. People would start uh, naturally going back into the workforce. Mm-hmm. But the Biden administration has done nothing but try to stop those efforts of actually making Americans productive again. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've been incentivizing at every turn not working and trying to bail people out time and time again instead of just letting, you know, sort of nature take its course. And so they say that the one area of success that they point to all the time is the unemployment rate. And again, it's basically just gone back to where it was before the pandemic. So what has actually worked? What what can you point to and say this is a success that is on the shoulders of Joe Biden? It, none. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait for the answer. I'll just be sitting over here waiting. <laughs> right, nothing mm-hmm. at all. But right. but sure, yeah, new branding that uh, that ought to do it, right? That ought to do it. Yeah. Golly, I yeah, think... yeah. wish I'd have known that when I was a musician. I would have just started calling myself Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that would have worked. Would have yeah. been famous, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, moving on. Remember, we have an update to a story that we talked about a while back. Uh, remember, there was a uh, uh, um, uh, a college professor who accosted pro-life students. They had a booth set up at, where was this, Hunter College? Uh, yeah. Um, Shalene Rodriguez is the professor's name. There was a mm-hmm. pro-life uh, table set up, and she started yelling at them and uh, wound up pushing all the stuff off the table and cussing them yeah. out. Yeah. And as that video started making the rounds, a New York Post reporter uh, went in uh, to her apartment building and tried to get a little interview with her. She came out with a machete and held yes. a machete to the guy's oh, yeah, neck. Yeah, yeah. And then when they left, she followed them. Well, we have an update now. Uh, the district attorney's office in the Bronx has set up a uh, disposition date for Shalin Rodriguez. As Fox News puts it, a machete-wielding New York City professor who allegedly threatened to chop up a New York Post reporter. Uh, so she's going to be due in court. A spokeswoman for the DA's office said a status hearing was held Monday uh, to confirm that the DA's office was in compliance with all the discoveries and evidence in the case. And everything is moving forward. Uh, trial date August 14th was set. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, date of August 14th was set for the possible uh, disposition, I should say. Uh, the court also extended the order of protection until at least that date for the reporter in question saying basically, no, you can't go within a certain amount of uh, feet of the people, you know, whose necks you held a machete to. So she turned herself in to police uh, last month, about a month ago, after threatening to chop up that reporter with a machete. Uh, She's charged with three misdemeanors, fourth-degree criminal possession of a weapon, second-degree menacing, as well as menacing, which is categorized as a violation. Uh, She is insisting, though, that she's the real victim and said that the entire incident has taken a toll on her mental health. (laughs) She said that the college, after it fired her, capitulated to racists, white nationalists, and misogynists. There we go again. Lady, you held a machete to a man's neck and then chased him down the street. (laughs) That's... 
It was on video. It's on video. We've we seen it. We saw you do it. <laughs> Again, like if if all it was was her accosting the pro life students, I doubt Hunter College would have fired her. I, I don't think the college no, would have fired either. her. No. Uh-uh. If anything, they would have given her a promotion. But yeah, once you start threatening to assault someone with a deadly weapon, that's beyond the culture war. That's beyond uh, any political affiliation. That's a, that you are a threat. And she God, clearly dang. cannot control her emotions yeah. or her or her behavior. And no white nationalist did that to her. She did it on all on her own. I, I just again the the language that has been totally totally ruined. The words that used to have all this power. Yeah. And now they're just excuses for bad behavior. Right. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what she did. Yeah, the white supremacist made me hold that machete to a man's uh, neck. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that yeah makes got sense. it. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, oh, man, uh, I love this story. There's a lab in upstate New York called uh, uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Inst- Institute. They are suing a cleaning company because three years ago, a janitor who was working there ruined decades' worth of research. The lab had a super cold freezer holding cell structures, samples, and other research elements. The freezer made a beeping sound, supposedly to say, hey, look, this is normal. Uh, You can mute it, but it it beeps to let you know that it's still working and that it's on. But the janitor was mopping up the floor and said, man, this is really annoying. So he unplugged the freezer, and that caused the temperature to slowly rise from minus 112 degrees Fahrenheit to minus 25.6. And that was apparently enough to wipe out 25 years of research. Oh, gosh. So in the lawsuit, the lab says it caused more than a million dollars in damage. Cleaning company obviously has not commented pending litigation here. But You know, I, I mean, I realize what the guy did. There's no backup plan in place. I mean, if the power goes out. Yeah. I mean, I, it just seems, I, I know I read it, and it's like out of a movie where the guy pulls the wrong cord, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, it would think that that would activate some sort of generator that would then kick on. Unless guess, the building has to be out and you can't do it individually, I don't know. I mean, I guess you, you've got backups hardwired into the electrical system in yeah. the building itself. Yeah, Probably not the cooler, but... By itself. Yeah. Golly, it does seem like you would have some sort of redundancy, yeah, though, in place. You would, yeah. Well, if something goes down, this yeah. has happens, right? right. But I don't Golly. know. <laughs> Everything else is held together with duct tape and twine, apparently, at that particular lab. Golly. Yeah, whatever virus comes out of that lab, though, Fauci is definitely going to blame on a pangolin that was roaming upstate New York. <laughs> okay. I was just thinking that. It thing. had a natural origin, okay? It's like, it what's had... in there when you open the freezers? It comes <laughs> rushing out at you. you know? <laughs> I don't know. It was one of these sub-zero pangolins <laughs> that is so commonly found in the Buffalo region. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, yep. we got... Uh, we got a big endorsement here to talk about, but I don't know if it'll make much of a difference. We'll see. We'll talk about it next. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is off today. Uh, in just about, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, maybe a little bit more than that, we're going to have the uh, Scott Robbins trifecta. And I was just alerted to hot off the press's audio of Vice President Kamala Harris, and I have not heard it yet. Oh, dude. 
It's only 13 seconds, but you'll want to wake the children up for this one. <laughs> All right, that's coming up in the trifecta. Yeah. All right, yeah. uh, top three stories of the day with uh-huh. Scott Robbins uh, coming up in a few. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I saw this at Red State. Uh, the woes for Bud Light continue. Uh, so, as they write, when we last left, or when last we left, the beleaguered Bud Light, they were trying to recover their audience with an ad that many thought made their customers look dumb. Their CEO pleaded with the American people saying, we hear you, and they want to focus on bringing people together over a beard. Uh, over a beer, I mean. <clears throat> but then, when they sponsored the Toronto Pride Parade that had naked men walking down the street in front of children, they just made their situation worse. Mm-hmm. None of their efforts have resolved the issue. Uh, to resolve the issue, have actually been working, and now they've dropped nearly 28.5% in their biggest plunge so far for the week ending June 17th. Wow. That's according to the most uh, recent figures from Bump Williams Consulting and Nielsen IQ. Uh, So that's a 28.5% drop for that week compared to the year before. And this is one of those things, kind of like how inflation is this rolling number and it's a cumulative effect. Because mm-hmm. usually right now, Bud Light would be, I mean, swimming in cash. You're, the summer's underway. You got yeah. the 4th of July weekend coming up. So, you know, when they have the highest selling point, usually around this time last year, any drop is going to be very noticeable. And so now at 28.5% drop, people are just kind of done. You know, is it uh, is it most people who drink Bud Light? Well, no, obviously it's not. Otherwise, it would be way more than twenty eight and a half percent. But that's a that is a crumbling uh, uh, or evidence of a complete crumbling of a brand. Not only was it affecting Bud Light, they say, but it was also affecting other beers under the Anheuser-Busch line with Budweiser, Bud Heavy. Uh, down 12.3%, Bush Light down 8.1%, and Michelob Ultra down 4%. And the competitors are continuing to benefit from Bud Light's mistakes. Yingling up 25.1%, Miller Light up 16%, Coors Light up 21.8%, Modelo outsold Bud Light and has taken over the number one beer slot. And so now they are offering, yet again, a $15 rebate for the purchase of a 15-pack of Budweiser, Bud Light, Budweiser Select, etc. Um, and again, giving away the beer for free. They're trying to. Anything. And that- you know, and I just go back to this all the time, because if one jackass in the marketing department, some Gen Z female, this all happened. Yep. They gave her the keys, and she started the car. And took off with it. I mean, again, I don't know what the checks and balances. Who thought this was a good idea? Because they need to make a public proclamation that all these people have been fired and they're longer, no longer involved in any decision making at all at AB. Yeah. Golly, man. And, and what, a destruction of a major American brand yep. in months. Gone. And and I thought maybe this is one of those things like a lot of things. You know, month, a month and a half later, things will start to even out again and people will forget and, you know, they'll just go, okay, we punish yeah. them enough and move on. But they're not because they have choices. Well, and, and Yingling, which has been moving out of the Pennsylvania area for, for a while, I mean, they've been spreading all over the place. They showed you how it was done. 
they, there was a festival that they were a title sponsor of, or they were a sponsor of, that had a uh, all ages drag show. And so people started saying, "Hey, come on, Yangling! Really, you're going to start going down this this right. uh, this road?" They immediately put out a statement saying, "Hey, look, this other company is planning this event. Uh, we have nothing to do with an all ages drag show. It's not complicated. Swallow your pride mm-hmm. and just say, no, we're not. No, 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 no. We're not part of this. We're we we market to all sorts of different groups, but we're not going to be part of this insanity." My favorite example of this, too, of a, of a company doing it right was Heckler & Koch. They make guns. And one of their uh, – there's been a long-running joke about the HK girl who runs the uh, social media account. Well, apparently this person went down the woke road, and immediately the company came out and said, mistakes were made, people were fired. Yeah, that's all <laughs> you got to do. We sell guns. That's it. That's, that's what all we do. Light, that's all AB had to do. Come out yep. and say, you know what? We screwed up. We fired everybody. We apologize. Let's move on. And I, I really. That's it. Yeah. It, it, it's not that complicated. But they're so petrified of saying we made a mistake. Yeah. They're so scared of the blowback. They just won't do it. No, they won't. So, I yeah. mean, this is. A, and now you've dug the hole so deep you can't. Well, now. Yeah. And now if you've moved on to other brands, if you're a beer yeah. drinker, uh, what's yeah. the incentive to go back? I made the point at the very beginning. One of the reasons why this is a boycott that's pretty easy to, to go on is because. There's not a whole lot of difference between Miller Lite and Bud Light. No. I mean, there's realistically, I mean, if you just started drinking Bud Light, are you, or I'm sorry, Miller Light, are you suddenly going, you know what, though, man, I'm really craving a Bud Light? Mm-mm. How many people in no. America really think that way? I, I can't think of too all many. They had to, all they had to do was admit it. That's, that's it. it. And yep. that's <laughs> now they've dug the grave. This yep. is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Uh, biggest story of the day is the bombshell tape that came out of Donald Trump talking about classified information. Oh, no. The right. walls are closing in this time for sure. Again, yeah. I think, again, that, that the tape is actually way less damning than I thought it would be. Oh, you and me both. Because yeah. there is a ton of wiggle room for Donald Trump uh, to get out from under this. Uh, one of the reasons being that... You can make the case he he might actually be talking about just news articles that he printed out. That's what he's saying. And then referencing yep. Yep. Uh, classified information, perhaps. So, again, we'll have to see how all of this develops, but it's a very interesting story. We'll get to that in the big trifecta coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He'll be back tomorrow. Well, I don't, usually I don't really pay too much attention to political endorsements. And, you know, every once in a while, I, I, I wonder, you know, if it's a run-of-the-mill kind of thing. It's like after, the, uh, after Joe Biden had secured the nomination uh, for the Democrat Party, Barack Obama comes out and says, I'm proud to endorse Joe Biden. Like, after so he already won, like, okay, what difference is that really going to make? What, were we in suspense not knowing who right, you're going to endorse? Right. Is Obama's going to come out and Please. endorse Trump suddenly? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, but sometimes you see something and you wonder w- whether or not there's a bigger change happening. Um, the largest uh, police union in Florida has announced that it is now backing Governor Ron DeSantis for president. Uh, they had previously endorsed President Trump. Right. And so uh, they're saying that he is the most effective governor in the nation who will make public safety a top priority in the White House. Uh, 
They also wrote, in major cities and communities across America, many Americans are grappling with increased crime rates that not only jeopardize public safety, but also threaten the quality of life in their communities. The ideological experiment of defunding the police and scapegoating law enforcement for America's social problems has failed. Uh, They went on to call DeSantis the one candidate for president who has a proven track record in enhancing public safety and investing in the essential men and women uh, who help maintain public safety every day. So, I mean, again, I don't know how much of a change this is, given that they had. uh, Well, let me me back up here. I think it's a significant change in that they had at one point endorsed Donald Trump and now are endorsing Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. Does that trickle down? I don't know. I, I always wonder how much endorsements move the meter at this point. You could also make the argument, well, just for the sake of argument, uh, if Ron DeSantis loses the primary, he's still going to be the governor of Cal- of uh, Florida, so he's still they're still going to have to work with him. Right. But you can also turn around and say that DeSantis has been good for law enforcement in the state of Florida as well. I mean, oh. he was... One of the guys going out there offering signing bonuses for anybody who lost their job because they wouldn't get the COVID vaccine. And there's so many endorsements that don't mean anything. Yeah. You know, when I hear the police backing a candidate, that means something to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a strong endorsement. That's not like, you know, who is, uh, you know, Jay-Z endorsing or Bono right. or what, you know, whatever. Any celebrity goofball, you know, endorsement or even a political endorsement. I mean, Barack, Barack Obama, so what? Mm-hmm. There's no big surprise there. Of course he is. He's going to fall right in line. What's he going to do? Turn around and go, oh, you know, Ron DeSantis would be a man. That, you know, <laughs> right. Of course not. We know better than that. That would be, uh, that would maybe move the needle. Maybe. That would move the needle. Maybe. If Barack Obama endorsed Ron DeSantis, holy smokes. Well, I think, oh, that would have the opposite effect, I think, among. You think so? You think people would go, oh, I can't vote for him yeah. now. Now that Obama's on board. We've yeah. kind of, I've kind of joked about this in the past. I say, you know, if liberals really wanted to stop Trump or whatever they would just have barack obama go out there and endorse trump because there are enough trump voters who would be very skeptical of that endorsement okay what did trump give up yeah what's this about yeah (laughs) well and remember there was that uh there was a deep fake video that was making the rounds of hillary clinton um uh endorsing ron DeSantis. it was obviously fake but some people believed it some people actually did believe that hillary clinton had gone out there and given this like rousing endorsement of of ron DeSantis. yeah if trump did that or if obama endorsed trump then obama tower would show up next <laughs> it's like yeah. did, that was the trade-off right <laughs> got to be something involved right. there yeah. But, and, yeah and the twist yeah. is that trump builds it in kenya all right, <laughs> right. yeah Who it's knew, time right? for the trifecta <laughs> golly <laughs> rock and roll are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, the trifecta with Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. And you want to start off by asking a question that many have asked and none have gotten an answer to. And the question is, what the hell did Kamala Harris just say? Yeah, the anniversary of the Dobbs decision is here, obviously. And, you know, the left is all fired up. Um, this is the Roe v. Wade thing. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? So Kamala Harris was talking about that yesterday. I understand why they keep her under wraps and very rarely allow her off the leash, because things really break bad. 
This is yet another incoherent mess. Providing us, though, with a great soundbite. So let's play what did Kamala just say, and, uh, well, here we go. But let's always take a moment to also see what we have achieved thus far, while we clearly see the moment that we are presently in. So we have achieved a lot. Okay, David, to you. Um, What did Kamala Harris just say? Take a moment to also see what we have achieved while we clearly see the moment that we are presently in. Mm-hmm. I guess it's saying, hey, we it hadn't we haven't lost everything. Like in Illinois, you can still kill a baby up to the moment of birth. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess she sometimes thinks she can wing it and go off script. Either that or the teleprompter just completely failed on her. One of the yeah, two. could be. Could be, but wow. man, I mean, but she's known for it. I mean, we can play some of the highlights here. The, uh, well, they're just they're they're just incoherent, yeah. mishmash of words. And the, and, and, and the thing, I just want to say this: the thing about her is everything she says is that tone and that cadence that this is the most important thing you're going to hear all day. Yeah, you know. And it's just mismatch muck. You are because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. The whole nation should understand and have a level of empathy to understand that this can happen anywhere in any peace-loving community. It's just... It, I wonder why she has a negative minus 17 rating right yeah. now. I mean, well, yeah, the, uh, the NBC News was saying lowest rated... Our Vice lowest President approval ever. rating ever in the history ever. of NBC's polling, yeah. Remember when she was trying to explain inflation? One of my all-time favorites. <laughs> it's, this is an all-timer. This is one of her greatest hits. People, yeah. they are going into their third year of this pandemic. You're talking about cost of living. Mm-hmm. Was it wrong to consider inflation transitory? I mean, these price spikes seem like they're going to be with us for a while. We have to address the fact that we got to deal with the fact that folks are pay, paying for gas, paying for groceries, and are, 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 are need solutions to it. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Short-term solution includes what we need to do around the supply chain, right? So we went to the ports of Los Angeles, Long Beach, Savannah, Georgia, and said, hey, guys, no more five days a week, eight hours a day, 24-7. Let's move the products because mm-hmm. people need, their pro- they need what they need. We're dealing with it in terms of the long term. And that's about what we need to do to pass Build Back Better. It strengthens our economy. I have no idea. I mean, I, you try to follow along, right? You, yeah, can't. you really do. <laughs> you can't. No, you can't. All right. Uh, it's the trifecta. Top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. We're down to number two now. RFK Jr. <laughs> I saw this. It's, I did it's so weird. All right. He's doing shirtless push-up videos. I mean, I, I'll give it to the guy. He's 69 years old and he's ripped. Yeah, but he, he can only rip out like eight push-ups. I know, but look, I look at the guy and I'm thinking to myself, hey, 69. He's Holy got smokes. implants. Well, who's who's that goofball on MSNBC with the glasses? Oh, Chris Hayes? Chris Hayes. Yeah, the guy who looks like uh, yes. a less masculine version of Rachel Maddow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he was talking about, well, this is probably helped by chemicals and... Like he's shooting steroids or something. No. Maybe he is. I don't know. But uh, he had tweeted a video of himself doing push-ups shirtless. And he had his jeans on, too. Yes. 
said he wants to make health a top priority in his administration. Quote, getting in shape for my debates with Joe Biden. He tweeted this out Sunday, along with a video of himself. He also wrote that if he's elected, quote, he will restore America as the global example of health and well-being, and he will continue to lead by example. Now, Joe's been known to throw the push-up idea at a few people, hasn't he? That is true, yeah. That would be something. Remember, wasn't that in Iowa? He told the farmer, look fat. Look <laughs> you fat. want to do, <laughs> do push-ups? I'm going to do push-ups. push-ups I'll do it. Yeah. Let's do it right now. Want to run a mile? Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed odd that he was only able to pull off a, a handful of push-ups, but he does look cut. Dude, he does. I mean, so I, look, I, I, I thought it was his head on somebody else's body when I first saw it. <laughs> Maybe it was. I did. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking to myself, holy smokes, man. He's like doing a bench press with like 50 pounds, and it just seems odd to me. that. Yeah, you know. I, I, know, I know it's a weird thing, but there's yeah. nothing conventional about this guy. <laughs> nothing. No, there, no, there's not. I mean, not you all. know, he's... I, I will say when, when, when a Democrat goes out and says we want to make health uh, top priority in this country, I've seen mm-hmm. that movie. Stay the hell away. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't want you messing with people's health at no, all. No, no, I don't either, no. Because the government sucks at that. No, you're right. not good. It's the trifecta top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. Uh, number one, the new host of Wheel of Fortune has been announced. I don't think this should surprise anybody. I've often said this is this is this generation's Dick Clark, and I and I stand by that. Ryan Seacrest is going to replace Sajak as the host of Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, he's currently hosting, of course, American Idol. We'll take over hosting duties. He's going to step down from his position of American Idol, apparently, uh, and he's going to take over for uh, for Wheel of Fortune starting in twenty twenty four. Wow. I think it's a good choice. I mean, I, I the thing about it is, does Ryan Seacrest ever say anything that you remember the next day? Go, oh, yeah, the guy's really, he said that. It's really funny. No. no. But does he ever screw anything up? Not really. I mean, live TV is a total pro. He's a machine. Yeah. You know, he just does it. So I, I got no problem with him taking that, taking that gig. But uh, I bet it pays well, too. Well, yeah, but well, he's got he's, like he's, six thousand jobs anyway. Right? It does. Does he still do a morning radio show? It's, I think I, he does. No, I know he used to, but a lot of times with those types of syndicated products, they record it the day before. Yeah, that's true. And they, they do like four to, or five shows a day, don't they? Yeah. So they, they can't so, anyway. Yeah, you can't because you can get away with that. You don't yeah. have to. Um, you don't right, have to be live on the air. Everything's kind of evergreen anyway. Yeah. yeah. So. so, I don't know. Good for him. I mean, I, yeah. he's a guy. I don't necessarily root for him, but I don't root against him. Yeah, he doesn't irritate yeah, me. Whatever. He just yeah. kind of blends right in, and he he's, does his job and goes home. He, I mean, he, he just always strikes me as the kind of person who just came right out of a lab somewhere. Exactly, like, yeah. Like it's the, the, the Wuhan Casey Kasem Institute of Technology or something. Yeah, there's just these guys, man, and they're, they're just – they can do this like it's automatic. Yeah. And – they they never screw anything up. That's why I, I look at great news anchors like that. It's like yeah. I'm not going to remember a damn thing this guy ever said or did, but I watch it and I go, Ooh, no screw ups there. You don't even notice it. It's that flawless. Yeah, I mean it's really mm-hmm. that good. All right, that's Some, tr- someday they'll say this about me. No, they won't. <laughs> never happened. Well, you ever. are pretty automatic, man. Ever, yes. you are. You are pretty good. Yeah, you, know, you screw yeah. things up from time to time. <laughs> yes, it's I okay. Do. Yeah, it's okay. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> that's the trifecta <laughs> top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. We got a news update and Nimrods in the news coming. Up on the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Thank you so much for being here. 
Uh, Donald Trump has responded now to the leaked audio of him talking about presumably uh, classified information, the damning audio tape. Uh, and he, has, he did a quick interview with Fox News Digital where he said, hey, look, I had a whole desk full of papers, mostly newspaper articles, copies of magazines, copies of different plans, copies of stories having to do with many, many subjects. And what was said was absolutely fine. We did nothing wrong. This is a whole hoax. So he's doubling down on the on the, the line that uh, he was referring to plans that had been detailed in news reports, not actually looking at the classified information in question. I do think that there is a little bit more wiggle room uh, for his attorneys to work with than, than uh, what the prosecution would lead you to believe. Because if you can make the case, no, I was just showing you articles and saying, well, I could have declassified everything in this, but I couldn't. As long as you're not actually showing the classified information, I mean, what what is the actual crime here? So uh, we'll wait and see how this develops. But uh, he is uh, apparently doubling down on the uh, on what he had said about this with Brett Baer on Fox News last week. So that is your uh, news update. I don't know how here. to take any of this stuff. You know, I really don't. I mean, I sit back and I watch yeah, this and go, I, this just seems such a, like such a dumb thing to do if this is, in fact, what he did do. Yeah. If he's I, flashing stuff around for a couple of people writing a book. I, the way to look at it is to just sort of enjoy the ride, honestly. Just see what developments come out. Uh, we know what this is. We know that the uh, that the feds are just trying to kneecap him as much as possible, trying to drag him down with as many court cases as possible. Yeah. Uh, and whether or not he did anything wrong, that's going to be up to a jury. So we'll we'll just honestly, you just have to kind of take the ride and see where it goes. Yeah. Because there will be a lot of twists and turns. I guarantee you. Oh yeah. Nobody knows how this thing really is going to end. All right, it's time for Nimrods in the news. Here we go. When the going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. Nimrods in the news. Uh, I love this story. So this guy in Indianapolis has been arrested for one of the weirdest armed robberies on record. Damian Boyce is his name. The cops say he held up a woman at gunpoint. She's going to check her mail. He shows up, points a gun at her, and then says, give me your money. She had about 100 bucks on her, hands it over. But as he's taking her money, he looks at her and says, ooh, you're cute. He told her to find him on Facebook and add him as a friend. What? And then he said, I'm going to reimburse you. Then he hopped on a bike, which for some reason makes it way funnier in my mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, I know I'm robbing you right now, but man, hit me up on Facebook, you know. Hops on his on his Schwinn or Huffy or whatever, and then rides away into the night. Unreal. And then he started messaging her on Facebook. One of the messages read, look, just know I'm going to pay you back. It's a bleep way to meet, but bleep, you was too pretty to rob. <laughs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> we had i'm sorry we had to meet up on those terms come chill with me well he was arrested for armed robbery and charged as a felon in a pose Golly. in possession of a handgun he had also been taken into custody the previous week for a separate crime involving robbery uh well he 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 shot two individuals and assaulted another person with a brick 
she going to wait for him till he gets out of jail? <laughs> okay. That's one of those stories. Right, yeah. Maybe that is how this ends. I have no exactly. idea. Who knows? All right.